Strategic Financial Partners presents the Rush Hour Podcast, where the rubber meets the road on the economy, stock market, and personal finance. Now here's your host, Matt Rush. Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rush, and with me today is Vanguard Senior Advice Strategist, Mike DeJoseph. Vanguard is the largest provider of mutual funds and the second largest provider of ETFs in the world, managing over $6 trillion in assets. Mike is a CFA responsible for bringing Vanguard's thought leadership and methodology to life through technology and innovative content. Mike, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Really looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So, Mike, Vanguard has sort of pioneered this concept that attempts to define the value of a financial advisor. You guys call this Advisors Alpha. Would you, would you mind giving us an overview of what this is and maybe some of the methodologies behind it? Sure. So, uh, so Vanguard Advisors Alpha is uh, basically the value that an advisor can add uh, to their end client. And so if we think about the kind of the traditional definition of the word alpha, it comes from this concept, right? You have a, a mutual fund manager or a stock picker who's trying to outperform the market. And that, that difference over the market itself is called alpha, so it's the extra value that's added. Well, we really think that advisors can add a ton of value, too. And it's not just the investment side of the, the equation, although that's included, but it's all of these other things that financial advisors do to help clients meet their goals. And so kind of left on their own or an advisor who's maybe doing things a little differently and really just focusing on the investment portfolio. Uh, there's just a ton of alpha, if you will, the advisor's alpha that advisors can add uh, on that side of things. And so as far as the methodology behind it, um, you know, we've been putting things out on advisor's alpha for a little over 10 years. We actually coined the term about 20 years ago inside of Vanguard. And uh, it's really, again, it's about the average experience. So we can actually look at data and say, here's what the average investor is going to do, right? Here's what their portfolio looks like. Here's what their, uh, the tax efficiency of their portfolio. Uh, here's how they do retirement income strategies, for example. And then we could say, hey, if, if you did it this way, what would be the extra value that you would add? And now you can measure that in terms of percentages, right? So, you know, we're not saying do the advisor's alpha and you get a higher, you know, percentage return from the market in any given year. But you can also measure in outcomes. You say, hey, by doing this, you have a, an X percent better chance of reaching your goals. Or you have, you know, a chance of having more money left over, more money to spend in retirement, uh, you know, a higher success rate of reaching those education goals for your family, whatever, the, whatever those goals may be. That's really what advisor's alpha is. That's kind of how we think about it from a methodology perspective. So value to me seems rather subjective. What what I may find valuable to, to myself in my situation, you might not necessarily find valuable to, to yourself in your life. So how do you begin to quantify value? Yeah, it's a very good question. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head and, you know, in something different to many people. And I'll say you can kind of split it out into the objective and the subjective as well. And so what I mean by that is, you know, it's very easy to look at an investment portfolio and, and say this is you know this is the value that I added right you can you can measure it you can compare it to, to something else you can compare it to someone else uh, you can compare it to the past whatever that may be uh, but a lot of people do value things other than that and, and so I think really good financial advisors are, are ones who are thinking through uh, you know what are the values of their clients right what are their goals uh, and they're able to take those values turn them into a goal so, for example, you know, maybe your value is that, you know, 
family first. I care about the, the health and well-being of my family and my, my children. And so it's around, you know, can I, can I save for a good education for my children? Do I have enough, uh, you know, in reserves to help my, my family in long-term care, for example? I think the advisor is able to go in there, put some numbers around that, and then you kind of what we would call operationalize it into a financial plan. And so, you know, that's not something you can necessarily measure because it exists on a, on a, on a different spectrum than just dollars and cents and, uh, and, and market returns and percents. And so we kind of look at that as more of an emotional value. So how much satisfaction are you getting from having financial advice? Uh, is, it, is it increasing, you know, the, the quality of your life? And again, I think, you know, the very best financial advisors that I've talked to are the ones who are able to paint this vivid picture of what they're going to be able to help their clients do. And, you know, when you, when you get people talking about what is important to them and then you're the one that's able to actually help them achieve those goals, I think that's, that's, that's really profound. Uh, again, it's really hard to measure uh, because it is subjective in a lot of ways, but that's kind of how we think about, you know, measuring value in a sense. So it sounds like you, that you, you feel like a lot of the value could be through the personalization uh, of the planning process. My, my incorrect in, in thinking that, that that it's really the planning that that is what is bringing the value to life because you're you're kind of hitting on what it is that a client uh, really uh, wants to you know overcome as uh, an investment. Uh, kind of thesis or as something that, that they're looking to have a goal-based uh, investment objective. So it's really the planning side. Yeah, I think that's correct from a, from a subjective sense, right? But, you know, there's also, there is the objective part. I don't want to undersell that either because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, uh, folks like yourself are really good at putting together investment portfolios. You have to stay on top of all of those things, but you're, you know, it's what I would call the functional aspect of the advisor's job is, you know, the tax efficiency of the portfolio, the actual financial planning itself. I mean, you know, you, you guys need to know all the different rules and regulations and all these different strategies and, and you're just thinking through, you know, how am I going to do the retirement plan? How am I going to implement this? You know, where am I going to put the assets between all these different types of accounts? I mean, our industry is extremely complex. Uh, and it's not just the investment side, it's the tax code and all of those things. So there's a ton of value there. I don't mean to undersell all that. I just think it kind of paints this picture again when you talk about, uh, you know, what is value value, and what does it mean to, to different people? I think it's all of those things and, and probably in different measures over different times to individuals and, uh, you know, just different for different people. I think I also read one of the releases that Vanguard had put out on Advisors Alpha about the value of staying the course. I know being a financial advisor and speaking to financial advisors all around the country, it seems like we do a lot of hand-holding with clients. We deal with emotion and attitudes and behavioral biases. And sometimes that's still not enough to keep investors from wanting to get in at the top or panicking and wanting to get back out at the bottom. So I think there's a lot of value in staying the course and, and adhering to a plan. Yeah, there sure is. Uh, and, you know, the reality is we all feel that, right? You and I know that and we can talk about this all day. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you, when you look back, kind of what we've just been, what we've just come through and kind of we're continuing to go through here, uh, it's really hard. You know, you look around, you see the headlines look really bad, the stock market's going down, and then it's all of a sudden going up, even though the headlines maybe didn't get better. And, and uh, you know, investing's really difficult, right? It's, it's easy for us to sit here and say, stay the course. And even for the average person, you can say, hey, sure, like uh, I'll stay the course uh, if this were to happen. But I think, you know, something I've learned from behavioral finance, and this kind of gets to the asset allocation and what we're talking about here is that, you know, you, you can say, hey, what's my risk tolerance? And it's 
you know, it's kind of this questionnaire-based model in a lot of ways where it's, well, if you have, you know, say a, a million dollars today, how would you feel if you lost 20% or 30% or 40%? And you kind of mentally picture, okay, well, you know, how would I feel if instead of a million dollars today I have, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000? And that's how you kind of back into it. But I think what we all fail to recognize is that what would have to happen to get to that point where that actually occurs, right? So that would be kind of realizing the risk of investing in equities would be that market downturn. It's usually really scary in the moment, right? So again, at the end of last year, stock market's up 30%, right? And, you know, even even a balanced diversified portfolio, uh, you know, had one of the best years ever last year. You may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, sure, if I lose 20 or 30%, like, you know, it'll be fine. I'll be back to where I was a year ago. And then it happens. And, you know, you kind of look around, it's like, well, you know, we're in a global pandemic. You're, you're worried about your health and the well-being of, of yourself and your family and loved ones. And, uh, you know, it's just a whole different equation then. And so having that financial advisor to kind of be the, the voice of reason, in a sense, uh, to help you, we call it the emotional circuit breaker in between there and kind of refocus back to the goals, back to the plan. Uh, it's just really important. Again, it goes back to that value. It's, it's uh, the emotional satisfaction of, of the client having the advisor there. And I think it's really clear, uh, especially in retrospect, when you look back after having gone through these situations. Well, I love what Vanguard says about time. You, you say that time is an asset to be invested and not spent. Tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, well, I think this applies to, this applies to financial advisors. Uh, this, I think, applies to a lot of different areas of life as well. Uh, especially in a world here where we're just, you know, we're seeing the, the march of technology and automation and, uh, you know, you hear a lot about scale, right? So how can you use technology and do more and reach more people? And, you know, if you're talking about a financial advisor, it's how can you utilize technology, for example, to, to have more time to do the things we were just talking about, right? I think, you know, when I started in this business uh, to rebalance a portfolio, you had to fill out paper trade tickets and fax them over to a broker. Uh, whereas today, you could probably, you know, click of a button a split second, you can, you can more or less do that. And so time, though, is that one thing that's scarce, and there's no way to scale it. No matter what you do, uh, there are only so many hours in a day, so many hours in a week. And so, you know, we say that is the most scarce thing that you have. And we think that, you know, it's really important to, to think strategically about how you're going to invest that time. I wouldn't say spend it. Um, you know, if you spend it, it kind of infers that you're wasting it in a sense. And, you know, you certainly want to enjoy life and things like that. But if you're thinking about, you know, uh, from a financial advisor's perspective, right, it's am I going to chase the market around and try to, you know, predict what the economy is going to do in, uh, you know, the fourth quarter of 2020? Or am I going to, you know, invest my time talking to my clients and keeping them invested. And you start to think, well, what's better for, what's better for my clients? And, you know, candidly, what's better for my business? It's probably, uh, probably the latter thing there with the relationships. Well, speaking of time, what have you been seeing with financial advisors and how they are, I almost said, spending, how they are investing their time throughout this pandemic? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. I find myself saying spending all the time, even when somebody asks me about the, the investing, uh, it's really hard, but, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'll start with, I, I'm just so proud to, to work in this industry and to get to work with folks like yourself, uh, because again, I, you know, going through the pandemic and the, the market volatility that we're still in right now, um, you know, I think we'd all acknowledge, right, the healthcare workers, the nurses and doctors and all the frontline people and, you know, the, the essential employees out there, they've really been the, 
the heroes that have gotten through, gotten us through this. But what I've seen from advisors is that, you know, for a lot of people, what they're, they're worried about, again, their health and their well-being, what does this mean for their future? Like, you know, can I still retire? Am I still going to meet those goals? And the work that folks like yourself and other advisors have done uh, to, A, prepare them up front for the possibility that, you know, a crisis was probably going to happen at some point. You can never anticipate what it's going to be, but we, we know that they tend to happen. Uh, but to see that, it kind of gave investors, I think, a, a, a glimmer of hope and the silver lining that, hey, we will get through this eventually. And when we do, you know, the future is still bright. And so it's just been really neat to see uh, advisors really, really step up and, you know, exactly what we were just talking about, keeping people invested, uh, diffusing some of the, that, that visceral emotional reaction. You know, I like to say that, uh, you know, I'm not sure that clients really care and investors really care all that much about the actual percent uh, return of the market. I think the percent that they care about are, you know, how much closer or further away am I to meeting my goals, which are, which are really based on those underlying values. And so just seeing advisors talk to clients that way and really, uh, you know, step up and help people keep on track for those goals has been, has been pretty amazing. So what about trust? Let's, let's assume that I'm a client and I recognize the need for a financial advisor. Now I've listened to you and I also recognize the value of one too. It seems like there's still one more hurdle to go. Um, there, there's been a lot of bad apples in the financial industry. Uh, what role do you think trust plays in this whole process? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. And I'll, and I'll approach it from two perspectives. There's the, the perspective of the advisor and the perspective of the client. And they're, they're uh, inextricably tied, right? You can't separate the two away. You know, I'll tell you why. So if you think about a, an end investor or client, what they really care about are their own outcomes. Right? Are they going to reach their financial goals? Are they going to reach their portfolio goals? Are they going to have some of that emotional satisfaction? Right. So those are kind of the dimensions of value in a sense. Uh, the way that they reach those goals is by having trust in their advisor and listening to you effectively. So when you need to step in uh, and be that emotional circuit breaker, or you know, or as they say, the behavioral coach, that requires trust. It, you know, your client has to trust you to actually listen that you know what you're talking about and that you have their best interest in mind. Uh, when this happens, and that can actually improve those end investor outcomes. And then what we see is that the better those outcomes get, the more the investors and the clients actually trust their advisors and the more effective you're able to be as an advisor. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then lo and behold, what happens there, it ends up being good for the advisor's business too. You know, it, it tends to lead to increased referral business and good reviews and good ratings and uh, frankly, better personal satisfaction from, from the advisors themselves. And so I think it's one of those things where it's just a, it's an all-around win-win situation. It's something that's pretty rare in our industry where, you know, your clients win, you win, everybody's more emotionally satisfied, everybody's having, you know, you have good end investor outcomes, good business outcomes. Uh, so I think this, this concept of trust is really profound. Uh, we have found at Vanguard Research that it's actually the number one driver of business development for the advisors, and it's the number one thing that leads to uh, to those end investor outcomes. But again, you know what? It requires a lot of time, and so this kind of goes back to that, that concept of thinking about time as an asset. Uh, building trust takes time, and it takes relationship management skills, and so you know, the more time that you're spending talking to your clients, the more trust there is that's kind of building naturally between you and your clients. And again, that leads to, to good outcomes for, for everyone involved. 
I know that investing is usually a, a very long journey, and most people, whenever they start down that path, are going to be with their investment advisor for quite some time. And I think after hearing from you and the folks over at Vanguard, we now realize the value of having a process and trying to improve those outcomes for everyone is just such a critical component uh, for the overall financial experience. Man, I really appreciate your thoughts and your time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on. And again, um, you know, thanks for everything that, that you're doing for your clients as well. Uh, again, I think it's good for all of us in the industry, as you said, building that trust, uh, helping investors through this crisis. And so we certainly appreciate everything that you are doing and uh, anyone else listening as well. Very good. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. For more content from Mike, you can follow him on LinkedIn or you can follow Vanguard on Twitter at Vanguard underscore group. Or you can follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Matt Rush SFP. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified as new episodes are released. And if you're interested in contacting our firm or would like to contact me, check us out online at strategicfinancialpartners.com. <laughs>